Well, hey there. Hello, Rich. How are you today? I'm okay. I was just pulling some laundry from the dryer. I didn't expect you to answer so quickly. <laughs> well, you know, um, speedy quick. Speedy I thought, delivery. I thought you were going to turn uh, laundry into the message for today, so I was going to be really impressed. <laughs> well, probably not, although <laughs> it, it is probably what you had planned to do. You had had an agenda and you had a purpose and you had decided that that the right thing to do was your laundry and (laughs) in acts 13 the holy spirit decides that the right thing is to assign a saul and barnabas to a to a different ministry so yikes perhaps in that way that's your intent it was it was a reach but you got there (laughs) i really just george needed his jeans washed so (laughs) but yeah well, and, and the, you know, the people in Cyprus needed the gospel preached. So there you go. Everybody has a need to be fulfilled. That's right. Necessity drives the purpose a lot of the time. Very true. Well, with that in mind, um, once again, I'm walking into our podcast today uh, with little to no knowledge of what we're talking about. <laughs> so I'm, uh, I'm, I'm learning and listening along with the rest of our uh, listenership. So uh, what are, what are we going to touch on this week? Well, we just came off of a pretty dramatic story. At the end of Acts chapter 13, we see Herod, who uh, allowed himself to be uh, exalted and, and essentially deified uh, mm-hmm. as the folks from Tyre and Sidon were, were seeking to appease him uh, to basically make some political maneuvers there. So as they were going about that, uh, they praised him as if, uh, he were a god. They said, you know, this is the voice of a god, not of a man. And immediately, because Herod did not give praise to God, an angel of the Lord struck him down, and he was eaten by worms and died. So he was struck down immediately. Uh, history tells us that that it took some time for him to die. So it was an excruciating, uh, horrifying, not, not a feel good story, humiliating death, uh, which is what tends to happen when we uh, when we exalt ourselves above the Lord. Uh, and, and so that story kind of caps with verse 24 of chapter 12, that uh, despite all of this that's going on, the word of God continued to increase and spread. And then the last verse of that chapter kind of leads into where we're going in chapter 13. When Barnabas and Saul had finished their mission, they had, if you may remember, they had uh, taken the collection from the from the disciples in Antioch to Jerusalem to, to the leaders there to distribute among those in Judea. Um, so Barnabas and Saul had finished their mission. They returned from, from Jerusalem, taking with them John, also called Mark. And that kind of kicks off where we're going next in Acts chapter 13, where back in Antioch, uh, there, are, <clears throat> there are these leaders there. And while they're worshiping and praying, didn't come from some big planning set sit down and, and establish our five-year plan and right. it, they were worshiping and praying and fasting and uh, the Holy Spirit said to them uh, and I take it as the Holy Spirit said to them uh, these things that it was uh, as I read this it doesn't seem to be like an audible voice uh, but an impression that that the Lord gave to them collectively so that they're all hearing the same thing uh, from the Lord in their hearts as they're doing this. So uh, they're, 
they're told then by the Holy Spirit to set apart Barnabas and Saul for the work to which the Holy Spirit had called them. <clears throat> and so, um, so they all recognize that and they uh, lay hands on them and they fasted and pray and they uh, prayed and they sent them off to go and, and do this work. So as they are empowered by the Holy Spirit and, and you know, remembering that's kind of a theme that we see throughout the right, entire right. book. This impact world idea comes from the impact of the Holy Spirit mm-hmm. on the church. And so the Holy Spirit in the church uh, guides, directs, empowers everything about who we are. It, it, that is, um, that's what makes us go is, is the presence of the Holy Spirit in our lives. So as he moves us, that's what gives us our mission. That's what gives us our passion. That's what gives us our ability to endure and persevere uh, when things don't appear to be going the way we think they should be going. Right. Uh, and that kind of happens a lot as we go through this. And so uh, anyway, that it, it's interesting just to note um, in the very beginning of this chapter, before you get into the, the stories per se, uh, like we'll see while they're on Cyprus, uh, Barnabas and Saul are going and they're ministering. They arrive at, at Salamis uh, and they proclaim the, the word of God in the Jewish synagogues. Right. So this is the um, the, the, the typical practice there. Right. They're going to go. Uh, they already have an in uh, as Jews. So they get to go in there, read the scriptures, speak the truth. And as they do. Hello, Oliver. As <laughs> Thought I could do, get away with it. <laughs> then uh, that expands. Uh, throughout the the area where they're preaching verse six says that they traveled through the whole island until they came to paphos which is um, the sort of the capital city of cyprus uh while while they're there um they encounter some some individuals uh that become a big deal um but but in this capital um there is a roman proconsul uh it's a senatorial capital there so they have a proconsul assigned named Sergius Paulus and he has an attendant uh, who is uh, a Jewish magician or sorcerer and false prophet named Bar-Jesus, the son of Joshua essentially and so as they're uh, there they, they, they meet this attendant and uh, when, they, when they do that the, the proconsul who is a, an intelligent man, uh, according to the NIV rendering here, that he's somebody who pursues thought. You know, he's he wants to know. He's hungry for knowledge. Um, <clears throat> and he sends for Barnabas and Saul because he wanted to hear the word of God. And in verse 8, uh, Bar-Jesus is called Elymas, uh, Hebrew, that means sorcerer or magician. Um, he opposes them. And tries to turn the proconsul from the faith to keep him from hearing and receiving the gospel. So while they're going through all this stuff, uh, Paul, filled with the Holy Spirit, it says in verse 9, looks straight at this dude, looks straight at Elymas the, the sorcerer, and said, You are a child of the devil and an enemy of everything that is right. Like, boom, man, this is, this is a Mike, big Mike time uh, you're full of all kinds of deceit and trickery. Will you never stop perverting the right ways of the Lord? Now the hand of the Lord is against you. 
and you are going to be blind, and for a time you'll be unable to see the light of the sun. Wow. I mean, imagine that kind of preaching prophetic confrontation uh, in the church today, where we see so much corruption. We see so many things happening that are contrary uh, to Scripture, and we see those who oppose the Scripture to specifically keeping or trying to keep people from receiving the truth of the gospel and for for paul to come out and say you're a child of the devil and you're going to be blind and for a time you're going to be unable to see the light of the sun not a permanent blindness but but a uh, a blindness from the lord and that we know that this is something that god approves that this is something that god is speaking through him because in that same verse, immediately mist and darkness came over him, and he groped about seeking someone to lead him by the hand. Hmm. When the proconsul saw what had happened, he believed, and he was amazed at the teaching about the Lord. So what's amazing to me as we see this, there are so many amazing things. I mean, if you look at the first part of the, of the chapter, as it talks about the prophets and teachers that are there, the amount of diversity, the, the calling and sending, all of these things are, are, are huge. But, but just like we see in these other stories, what the devil is using as a weapon, using this magician, sorcerer uh, guy, as false prophet, to steer people away from God's truth, God specifically then has ordained to be the tool by which the gospel will spread. Right. So the very thing that the devil is doing to keep Sergius Paulus from being able to receive, to hear and receive the gospel is exactly what God uses to convince him of the gospel. He sees what happens. He believes, and he's amazed at the teaching about the Lord. So now you have a Roman proconsul here in Cyprus who has just become a disciple. And a big part of how he becomes a disciple is through the opposition from the devil And as God overcomes that, as God judges that, uh, the harshness that that Paul brings, as we would see it, we we tend to see any kind of rebuke or confrontation as harsh. Uh, People don't even want to hear about or see folks reprimand their children, which is the responsibility of parents. So Saul here, or Paul, uh, he's going to be known as Paul going forward here, as as he confronts this sorcerer guy, the very confrontation and the power of God in judgment is what turns him to the gospel of grace and repentance. That's an amazing thought. That is. And you know, a lot of the stuff uh, in this chapter or in this book, I mean, um, it seems to, there seems to be a lot of uh, instant, everything's, it happens, you know, right now. The, the, yeah. <laughs> and there's a sort of urgency right, here that, right. that we see. And I, I think that it's easy for us to, in, you know, in today's world to think, well, nothing happens like that today. You know, it's no, no one's just struck down or, or, you know, gets eaten by worms or goes blind immediately. Or, and, but I think what you just said, it, it depicts a sense of urgency. And I think that we still need to have that sense of urgency uh, in, in bringing people to Christ and, and, uh, I don't know. It just, it, it gets me sometimes that how instantly all this stuff happened, like with Ananias and, and uh, with Herod in the last chapter. And uh, you know, now with this, it's, 
it it makes you a little uncomfortable <laughs> to think, wow, I don't want to be struck down. I don't want somebody that I'm close to to be struck down. I don't want my enemies to be to be or people that I don't like to be struck down. Uh, so I don't know. It's just I think that that discomfort that you get when you read things like this or talk about things like this. I think that's not an accident. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we're while we're thankful for God's patience with us now that that he does not normally regularly have these immediate judgments the same way um, there we should definitely be discomforted be stirred by these uh, immediate urgent uh, somewhat dramatic stories right because this is the warning I mean even the way even the Whether way Paul the judgment comes sooner sooner or later fast or slow right it is sure and certain and coming and so be grateful for god's patience right but don't don't ignore the reality the urgency of the situation and even the way paul spoke uh like you just said we might look at that as harsh today but there was a reason that he spoke that way (laughs) and and was so direct and uh i don't know that's that that strikes me a little bit just how I don't think that should be lost on, on us today. Uh, the importance of, of all those immediate, urgent, passionate things. Uh, it's, it's... Yeah, and, and that boldness, that confidence that, that comes, that causes us to see the urgency. That it, it, it flows from recognizing the reality of the situation. Right. That we got to go beyond religion. We got to right. go beyond well, we believe this because we're supposed to, it's good and it's beneficial and it works for me and all that kind of stuff to recognize that this is the reality that we're talking about. Mm-hmm. There, it, it is a very present and real reality that we're dealing with. And because of their prayer and their worship and their fasting, their focus was not on the temporary earthly things, but on the eternal things. Therefore, the confidence with which the the disciples at Antioch or the leaders at Antioch sent out Barnabas and Saul that it was, it's an easy decision. We feel the Lord telling us this is where we need to go. Therefore, even though we don't want to sacrifice Barnabas, who is the senior leader among us, we don't want to sacrifice Paul uh, with whom we, in whom we recognize uh, a great ability. Eventually uh, he will rise to prominence. He's less prominent now than some of these other folks, it would appear. Uh, but, we don't want them to go from us. And we feel that way a lot of times in, in the church. We, we have things that we like, that we want. Right. But if we're more in tune with the Lord, if we spend more time worshiping, praying, even fasting, something we don't talk about a whole lot these days, where, where we're actually striving and, and hungering and thirsting for the Lord's will, then we can act in accordance with that will with more confidence. So when we see these evils taking place we can be much more confident to say thus saith the lord rather than well i think right right opinion, there's no him hawing around with saul this is what the lord says and because he's operating with the guidance and under the power of the holy spirit then he can speak boldly in that way right well, we are over time as usual. So yeah, I thought uh, sure we were going to be on time. I, and then, I brought up something. So that was then, my fault. Then you triggered me. And sorry. 
triggered. <laughs> That's a very millennial word of you. Um, yeah. <laughs> but oh, we will, yeah, we will stop there for today. Uh, this is uh, this coming Sunday. Uh, we are tentatively, you know, uh, uh, trying to get back to a little sort of normalcy here, but we're still going to be uh, live streaming everything. So be sure to, if you're not in the area or if you're, you know, not comfortable heading out, uh, catch our live stream on Facebook and YouTube. Um, we'll be continuing to do that, I think, for the foreseeable future. Um, and uh, we'll talk. You ain't going to stop. Right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> We've invested too much time and money and energy into it. Stop. Won't stop. Right. Uh, so be sure to check that out. And uh, we will come back next week to talk more about this. So thanks for listening, everybody. Rich, do you have anything else? I always have something else. Well, it's kind of dumb of me to ask. So, all right. (laughs) Thanks for listening, everyone. We'll catch you later.